Hi, Andras Jones here with a couple of quick announcements. In August, we'll be wrapping up Season 2 of Radio 8 Ball, and I'll be coming out with my first record in quite a while. It's called All You Get, and I hope you'll check it out. This show, the great songwriters we've had as guests, and your attention have inspired me to want to do it again, so I am. And on July 25th, I'll be playing songs from the record at the Hotel Cafe in Hollywood, California, accompanied by the cats on this here episode you're about to hear. After my set, they'll be performing as the Sheriffs of Schrodingham. That's at 11 p.m. My show's at 10. That's 10 o'clock sharp at the Hotel Cafe in Hollywood, California on July 25th. If you can be there, we'll see ya. And if not, we'll miss ya. Lily, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andres Jones. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting fate. Wherever you are, putting questions to the songs which we will randomly select. Here with the help of our friend, Synchronicity. And now it's time for Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake, it's the Radio 8 Ball Show. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out here at Starburns Industries with our musical guests, Vikram Devastali and Ross Guerin. What's up? Hey. And their buddy, John, hanging in the corner, playing beautiful guitar, smiling and occasionally laughing. <laughs> and they are providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. And now we are joined by our first in-studio guest on this episode, film composer and lead singer of the band, Diane Alexis Marsh. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. Thanks for having me. So how do you know these cats? <clears throat> I know Vikram through my partner, Sam Jones, because of you guys going to USC. Uh-huh. That's right. Um, undergrad jazz department, right? Yeah. Um, I wasn't, like, super close with Sam back then. We have become much more close since leaving college. Yeah. yeah. I liked watching that because I remember going to somebody's house in Eagle Rock or Echo Park. Yeah. Richards, maybe? Uh, Glassell Park. Glassell yeah. Park. We lived, we lived together there. Yeah. yeah. And you would sort of, like, float in and out. And Sam and I would leave and be like, what's the deal with Vikram? <laughs> <laughs> and I think both of us always wanted to be friends with you. And now we're friends. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> and have you played music together? Nope. No. no. Have we? No. I think you've called me in for, like, one or two things, one or two cues oh, over, over yeah, the years. Oh, yeah, you played some of our stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, we've never played together. I think I, think I played, like, one scratch guitar track. On some Diane thing. Did you really? I think so, yeah. God, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. There are a lot of takes. Mm. It kind of becomes a blur after a while. <laughs> I guess. 
So what uh, what are some of the films uh, that you have scored that we might be aware of? Uh, well, we work on a TV show right now called Animal Kingdom, which is on TNT. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, the survey, it's not like Animal Planet. No, we no. a lot of like... No, no, Animal Kingdom, the, the gangster thing with Ellen Yeah, Barkin. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. She's great. That's really nice to hear. Yeah, I, I, I rarely meet people who know it yeah. that well. So well. thanks for watching. Oh. Mm. Anyway, so we write the music for that. And then um, various sort of independent films. Um, we have a Netflix movie uh, called Next Gen, which is an animated feature that was put out last September. Next Gen. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. And you say you, you, you have been, Vikram, you've been called in for to play on a couple of things on the composing work. Once or twice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it seems like we must have. It's hard to say, but but yeah, I remember doing at least one, just a, a few different takes of something. I don't even know if you used it, but I'm at your disposal if you're in need. Thanks, we're grateful, yeah. And I live, I'm, I'm definitely the closest trombonist to Sam's studio. Yeah, so. there's not a lot of call for trombone. Yeah. Solo trombone in film music, if you can believe it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, well, that's got to change. It should. Yeah, it's not really up to me. I no, mean, no, it's I mean, kind of up to me sometimes. If of. I write the thing that makes people go like, oh my God, it has to Is be Is it that it's trombone. too happy? I think it's too goofy, maybe. Goofy? <laughs> Maybe it's a li- like maybe it can be too goofy or something. I think it, only it's if up you to think of it as a sack butt, but not if like as a tr- well a trombone also sounds kind of funny and dirty. They both they need <laughs> dirty. The, well, you got bone and butt in your in in your potential names. Yeah, I uh, I remember doing like some sort of demonstration back in college. It was like a big band concert for some <laughs> elementary school kids, and we went around and played the different instruments. And the director was like, oh, this is the trombone. And he pointed at me. And uh, I played a little bit. And then he said, but you know, if you want something sexy. And I don't know why he was talking this way to the elementary school kids. <laughs> but then you got to have the saxophone. And I was like, hey, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, how are you going to just dug me out in front of all of these kids? <laughs> so be, be part of the solution, Alexis. I, Get more trombone in there. I think trombone's very sexy. You know? But I hope that's okay for me to say. I'm gonna think about it. You feel like your boundaries have been stepped over. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. help it. I can't. I don't need to do anything about it. I just think it's. I just think it's sexy. You know, over here right. in the corner by myself. I think not I can, hurting I can, anybody. I can live with that. Okay. So uh, now I. You mentioned now. Your you said your partner is Sam Jones, and I was looking him up, and there's a lot of Sam Joneses. Oh sure, yeah. Is this Sam Jones the the director? What no? No, I wish. <laughs> I wish my partner was a director. Um, uh, no, he is. Uh, it's not Sam Jones, the bass player. It's not Sam Jones, the mayor of some town in Alabama. There are many like Sam Jones that we've sort of had to like detangle Sam yeah. Jones from. That's it's, why I'm so grateful that my parents named me Andras. Right. My last name's Jones, and I Andy Jones would be a mess. Right. It's tough. Yeah. 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 Um, no, he's Sam Jones the fourth. Sam Jones the fourth. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And. Uh, and then tell me about the band Diane, which I hope we can get a track from. We can throw on at the end of this podcast. Sure. Yeah, we yeah. can hear what it sounds like. Of course, of course. Um, 
Diane was sort of born out of, uh, so Sam and I have been working, we graduated from USC in 2010, and uh, right away we just started working with filmmakers that were our age, and anytime we had a little bit of a break between movies, um, we would, I would write a song, and, or actually how it happened was the first feature that we did was tamped with songs that the pr production couldn't afford, it was just too expensive to license all of them, um, so we asked if, I can't remember if we asked or they asked us to do something. We did something. Sort, sort of, of in the style in of... In the style of, yeah, kind of the same vibe. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we just really liked doing that kind of work after working with uh, directors where you're sort of... You have to write music in a certain kind of way, you know. Um, writing songs was kind of our chance to make the decisions of, like, putting a trombone in somewhere right. and we could make that call so over the years we assembled like 13 tracks or whatever and produced them in between film projects and finally were able to release it a couple of years ago and then that sort of we were just going to release it as our film composing sort of duel but um we sent it to a friend who knew a little bit about band management and got some advice from him and then sort of started doing shows and turned it into a kind of band thing and then from there it just sort of solidified as a band how it's who's in the band? It's me and Sam, and then my partner Dan Dorf is a drummer. Got lots of partners going on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, Sam and I were married uh, a couple years ago. We divorced, I think, maybe four years ago. Four years ago. So he's your so? ex partner, but current partner in business. Yeah, he's my ex husband, and uh, I think we got married because we really liked working together and thought that it could translate to an actual like domestic partnership, mm -hmm. and it never really did. And um, so, but when we realized that, we sort of also understood that we didn't have to just because we were getting divorced or didn't want to like have a family together, all the sort of future things. We. Uh, just sort of realized that we could continue working together. So we just, while we were getting divorced, we're still working on films and stuff like that. It was just sort of, we like each other's music work enough to keep it going. So uh, so when we divorced, I moved out to Cincinnati, Ohio, and I went to school in the at the University of Louisville and went to school with the drummer there that I had always sort of kept in touch with as a close friend. And then we ended up getting pregnant. And Got it. Got so, it. yeah. So it's a family yeah so cool beautiful i love I, I that i love hearing stories of people navigating emotional complexity with maturity and you know and love for each other and finding ways to not have everything blow up so it's sure yeah i mean in that way i don't know that how complex it was because it wasn't that difficult right Right. Well, so it might not have been that it might not have been that complex, which is maybe why it was easier right. to break up and maybe why we broke up in the first place. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, the the uh, when I was married I would refer to my wife as my partner, but I refer to her as my ex-wife now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't refer to her as my well, we are partners anyway. So it, it's just, it, the partner thing is like, it's really good, but it's all, it can also be a little bit confusing. So I'm glad I asked mm -hmm. because I'm sure listeners were like, how many partners are there in this organization? Yeah, but, right. Yes. Okay. Wouldn't that be nice if I was like, oh, I live kind of halftime. I like what he brings. I like what he brings. And yeah. it's a... Bring on the matriarchy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's like that kind of leans back towards that... That first, uh, the song uh, about the women holding up the half the sky, half the sky, 
<clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, when you, when you said when something about the word partner, I have this association with like a law firm, like senior partners, junior partners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I worked really hard, and finally, I made partner. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a different kind of thing, but you know. yeah. What I mean, what's the other word for it? I don't want to get married again. So and I think the word you used is fine. No, yeah, it's great. And Sam and I are actually. Yeah. Partners. Yeah, I was partners. I was never confused about it. Okay. So I, I think others will feel the same. But certainly, and now you have a podcast, so you can just if you, if you ever feel like you don't want to describe explain it anymore, you can just send them here. Yeah, we'll take the listeners. We need we need those numbers. <laughs> so absolutely, feel free to use this as a resource when <clears throat> communicating to people who are confused about the the term partner. But so, now let's get into your musical divination. What is your question for the pop oracle? Um. My question is, do you, do you, is there any way to detangle our perception of women's beauty from the male gaze? Ooh, I love this. Is there any way to separate, is that what you said? Detangle. Detangle, I love it. To detangle women's beauty from the male gaze. Yes. And I feel like I should also point out that you're t-shirt is like making me hesitate to even like bring it up really yeah we it's been referenced a couple times you'll i guess you'll probably see it in the picture we take at the end i'm wearing the I, i'm a big fan of jenny lewis i bought her new cd and when they when she sent out the thing she said you can have you, you get a free t-shirt with the cd and the t-shirt is a copy of the cover of the cd which is basically her a chest and midriff and a blue, you know, beautiful blue dress yeah. with a plunging neckline. And so it looks like I have larger breasts than I actually have. Well, I mean, I think the thing that's kind of like confusing and the reason why I asked the question, the thing that I think about is that like, I like Jenny Lewis. I like her music and, and I like women that also sort of show their sexuality in that way. And I... To me, like that image alone, like separated from Jenny Lewis, seems to be like catered to the male gaze. And I'm sure there's like an ironic kind of reason to put that image on the front of your album. But then I also struggle with how much we fucking cater to the male gaze for success or intrigue or conversation or whatever. And I'm wondering, as I sort of try and figure out like, well, then how do you portray yourself and how do you think about yourself in this world? If it's even possible to have a perception of women's beauty outside of the male gaze. Got it. Got it. It's a, it's a great question. Uh, and it applies to, I think, it, I mean, as someone who works in film, I think that's probably, it's a, it seems like a, both a sort of a social question and also a cinematic question or like a cultural question. Cause Ugh, I don't know if it's cinematic. I in, don't know what it would have to do with cinema. Well, just how we are, like, we... we a lot of our what we get of our idea of what be, where what beauty is comes through media and through culture. And sure, right, and that's like uh, so much of that. What is the right. male gaze, and what is like? Do we even have an idea of what we like outside of what's been set up for us to want or like because of power and survival? I don't know. Fuck. I love it. No, this is a great. This is exactly the right kind of question. That's what I love. Now I'm just, I have to tune this really quick, so we'll cut this out after I. Because I need to play your. Just, my guitar keeps falling over. I should probably like look up 
you know, what I'm sure there's like some kind of commentary about the purpose behind the cover art. Like, what is that? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read anything. I was thinking about that lyric from the song from the last album. Where she says, no matter how hard I try to be just one of the guys, there's a little something inside that won't let me. Yeah. What? Yeah, what? And so was it on that album? No, no, it's from the album before. Yeah. So uh. this was after that album. So on the album before, she's wearing like this crazy suit. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like got all these like the pastel rain- colors on it. Rainbow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, this is like a new album? Yeah. yeah. So it's like similar in a way. I don't. Is her face on that cover? No. No, it's the same thing. It's just right? this. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure she has a reason for doing that, right? Like, sh- I'm sure she does. Yeah. Well, let's let's let the pop oracle guide our conversation. But what's interesting? Oh, okay. Sorry. What's interesting is that, like, without me knowing that about like Jenny Lewis or whatever, I look at that shirt and I'm sort of like, oh. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. I want to be here. I like what. You know, and then like the judgment of like, oh, what's this? But he, but Why, yeah. he must not be this like misogynistic sort of whatever. There's got to be. And then of course you're like, there's a sort of feminist rock musician. That's her album, and so it's fucking confusing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So speak to us. Okay, well yeah. now to engage the pop oracle, you get to spin the wheel of eight. Na 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 na. Wheel of Eight. Song number five, which is... You'll live forever on the internet. The answer to the question, how can we detangle women's beauty from the male gaze? Here we go. you knew 
With a smattering of people chattering Some as vicious as can be, others flattering They will stupefy you till you're super fly On the information super high With all the updates from your high school friends And all the crazy deals on odds and ends And all the sketchy plans to help you pay your debt And all the shrinks who haven't cracked the riddle yet You live forever on the Forever on the Internet from Vikram Devastali and Ross Guerin, right there. Buddy John on the guitar. The answer to the question, how can we detangle women's beauty from the male gaze? Did I say how or can we? Or can we? Uh, well, the answer will live for the question is living forever on the Internet. If we were if we were listening to this, we could go back and check. But which which do you prefer? I mean, I question. don't. I just. I think it's kind of like uh, impossible. Yeah, it's. I can tell that the question and the whole concept has you a little bit sunk. You yeah. know, if you're here, have everyone sunk, or I guess like you, know, you have to worry about. Well, it. yeah, you know, I was thinking about this uh, <clears throat> when people were debating. I suppose the debate is ongoing uh, about removing Andrew Jackson from the twenty dollar bill, mm-hmm. which makes a certain kind of sense. He was a very unpleasant person in a lot of ways. There are no women on any uh, of our paper currency. Um, I mean, maybe I'm just a curmudgeon, but I I tend to be of the view that we should have to have him on there forever. (laughs) 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 Such that many, many generations from now, people will ask... Who was this guy, and why is he on the money? And we will have to explain that, you know. However, that America is a terribly racist country with a terribly (laughs) however enlightened we think we are now. That is where we come from. I would, yeah. I mean, in a certain sense, yes. Except for we have a limited uh, amount of things to put people on. Right. So, who do we want to talk about? In the future, someone who did something great and was an example of virtue or mm-hmm. to look to look back. And I mean, ultimately, you know, that makes him more immortal. And shouldn't he just fucking die? I'd be fine with that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My fallback position is he can just fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. I like that argument. I win. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, but I think that there I think in a way we're get that's that's easier. Like we can we can agree. I think we're all. We basically all have a similar. Maybe I, mean, I don't know. John, you do you have a problem? You, are you a big Andrew Jackson fan? I am not. He's no. he's he's in, in the <laughs> negative. So that, way to read the so, room. <laughs> so so oh, we don't really. So but I, I'm I'm so uh, this this is the kind of question that I am very very interested in because I do think that we are in a an exciting liminal space between something that was that didn't work for more than half the population because it didn't work for because 
as you say, women hold up half the the sky. So that we need the sky. It it hurts everyone. Like basically, patriarchy and misogyny sure. hurts everyone. But specifically, it's focused on half the population, and that seems to be, at least in our conversations, and being having this kind of conversation right now shifting but we're not there yet and that sort of we that you weren't here but my initial question was different but a similar thing like there we're getting close to another another level of intelligence and being able to ha- to get on the other side of these questions to the answers but f- we're in this space where we're all sort of figuring out how to talk about it how to think about it what to be aspiring to what to be rejecting what what didn't work and what really isn't just is toxic and done and what parts of that are still maybe worthwhile in some situations and we're just figuring all of this out yeah so there's and i and i i guess selfishly i'm just thinking well this is great i selfishly i love that this conversation in this moment right now with all of us here is going to live forever on the internet and at some point 10 years 20 years whatever from now assuming we survive climate catastrophe in our and the rising global fascism uh right my other question was do we need retirement accounts <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that's a good question but i actually am so glad you asked this one because it just has some real meat to it um also because uh, i if i just wore this shirt out and i didn't get this response from you if i i wouldn't know that this shirt i i guess i wasn't quite sure how this would affect people. I didn't know when I put it on today that it would affect someone the way that you are mentioning. And so it makes me a little bit, I'm glad that I got this reflection now and I get to have it in a safe space as opposed to being out and potentially affecting 20 or 30 people before someone pulls me aside and says, dude, what are you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, but then you could be like, well, look up Jenny Lewis and you'll be okay because she's great. And if she made this choice, it's for some reason... Yeah, but at the same time, intentions don't – I don't necessarily – like just because my intentions aren't bad or my intentions are good doesn't mean that my impact can't be negative. And maybe it's – we're just not – maybe we're actually not at a point where I can go out and wear this Jenny Lewis shirt and be like, okay, well, come on. Just get over it. She's mm-hmm. great. Well, you don't know who she – like <laughs> – Well, I don't mean that like get over it. She's great. I just mean the idea of like, oh, we just have no idea these right. images, which I guess is sort of like back to that confusing question of like, okay, so then what is okay and what's supporting what's supporting women's sexuality and women's image and what's objectifying it and ultimately sort of – putting us in a place where we're confused on how we sort of make our way in this life without uh, doing um, some some kind of like holding back of women trying to move forward, being taken seriously when we're so often being made to feel like we are here because we're attractive or sexy or can contribute something in some way that benefits the male gaze or satisfies the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I'm sending up in the song is the idea that has a lot of currency right now that all of our problems are fixable. Like for every problem you can think of, there's some guy in jeans and a T-shirt who's giving a TED Talk about how like in 30 years, like we've got some really smart people working on this and we're just going to wrap it up. It's going to be great. Um, And I think that... uh, when you're talking about a problem as huge and intractable as the one that you brought up, uh, 
you have to like strike a balance between always working on it and also like having the humility to recognize that like like we may not have the tools. Like when I'm confronting an issue like that, anytime I'm really sure I know what the answer is, I always have to like pull myself back and be like, yeah, I, I don't really know anything for sure. Um, so yeah, I think we're stuck. Fuck. Say. Well, is it, I mean, so look, I have a couple of questions for you. So do you have an idea, a vision for yourself of what would an idea, what would an idea of feminine beauty be like with, like for you, what, what you're, you're, I assume, I guess we're all to some degree trained by media and culture to right. have yeah. it, uh, taken in that male gaze idea. Like I always think when you talk about the male, when people talk about the male gaze, I'm always like, I mean, it's I, I own it, but it's not mine. Like I'm responsible to it, but I don't have any say in it. It's very, it's very, very frustrating. And I imagine even more so if it's directed at you. But do you have an idea of what like what would be a... Uh, a counterbalancing idea. I don't know. I mean, it feels like I go into a maze where you're constantly turning corners and going, oh, this is the way forward. This is where I feel like this is my image of myself or something, and then run up against a wall of logic of sort of like, but is, do I like that? Or is that, uh, do I, is that influenced by having seen that sort of be embraced by someone of the like mm. someone with powers a, a, a man with power right and and I, so i don't know i mean i i think about it a lot of like oh is this like how we present ourselves or how i present myself is this is this neutral is oh but maybe it's not because of like this thing and i don't even know what an example is which is why it's so confusing and difficult so yeah there i have no i have no idea and then the other thing i'm curious about is just about the idea of attractiveness in general, like what is like definitely there is something about being a, an attract, a beautiful in culturally, uh, I don't know, agreed upon terms of what is a beautiful man, you know, tall, strong, you know, whatever, like whatever these things are that we think of as like from this idea of like, okay, we get beyond the male gaze idea of what makes a woman attractive, but then we still have to deal with the fact that uh, people who are culture who are seen as culturally attractive, whether they male or female, are going to have uh, opportunities and also be targeted for uh, people, you know, in some way that is different than people who are not seen as culturally beautiful. So. I, I, I just I mean I'm, I don't want to put this on you. It's sort of to throw this out to the to the group and just to anyone listening that this idea of again this is that sort of liminal space we're in. What do we leave behind and what are we going to bring with us into these to this next conversation? And we have to deal with the fact that people are going to be attracted to each other. People are going to find some people like Brad Pitt is gorgeous right. and beautiful and he is going to have everything that comes along with it in a way that. Let's just say I will not. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then on some levels, I will have, you know, I have, I know what it's like to be, have someone who's, you know, projecting stuff on me because of the way I look and get it differently and not nearly as consistently, but enough to be like, yeah, that's a drag when someone is just like, 
uh, at you. Well, but I, the, the, I guess, the, and maybe I should preface this yeah. whole question, is that the reason why it's sort of bothering me is that um, I've had a couple opportunities come up, and I feel like colleagues of mine, editors and directors, are getting the same thing, where there are people in power saying, oh, we want a woman for this. We want to interview a woman for this directing yes. job or this editing job or this composing job. They're looking for a woman, is what I'm starting to hear, which should be welcome news, but I can't help but feel like... Fuck you with your patronizing, like, we're giving women a chance thing instead of, and I don't even know if, it, like, what the alternative would be. But but once that idea is introduced, you're sort of like, oh, okay, so my being a woman is something that is giving me this chance to get a job, to survive, mm-hmm. to have more success, to build on my career, to build a life for my family. What is, like, fucking being a woman and how much is of being, like, a woman in the room being interviewed by men? Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully all women, if mm-hmm. that's a, hopefully that, if that's a thing. But most of the time there's a man that's making the decision. And so it's great that they're sort of saying we want, it, we want to give a woman a chance. But with this whole sort of that kind of premise, it just makes you question if you don't get it. What kind of woman do I have to be in order to get the interview and have it be a successful, like, I get the job? Yeah. And I think what I've sort of found is that I hear about people wanting to hire a woman and then find out that they've hired a man with more experience. Or they've said, this man has more experience or he knows how to deal with difficult productions or whatever. Or this man was hired because he knows how to write comedy music. Or right. something like that, which is just sort of like what, just this awful thing that kind of intertwines this sort of like, OK, I was woman enough to get an interview, but uh, but we're still not getting there. And what yeah, what would be the thing that sort of convinces them to sort of overlook like, oh, they haven't written for comedy or this person hasn't edited a feature or right. this kind of a feature or whatever to sort of like get past that and then it's sort of it's not just a sort of like how am I perceived it's like a how do I get a job and how do I it's great that we have this question but with this question becomes when you don't get it entangled in like oh god my identity wrapped up in like my ability to do my job my ability to survive and all of that is kind of wrapped up in this like very confusing kind of issue Right. Which also then you can easily bleed into all these other conversations, these existential kind of things of like, where are we going or whatever. And um, so, fuck, I don't know. It's yeah. a can of worms, but I, I, it just sort of seems like something to like, yeah, talk about. But I don't know that there's an answer other than something very sort of cynical and very depressing, which I'm trying to sort of not. Well, what is what go go there? What What is the. Well, that, you know that there isn't any way to detangle it that there is no uh, there's no way to see ourselves outside of any kind of male power structure and that we're fighting and there's never going to be a female president <laughs> because of just all this bullshit about like who's powerful enough to beat Trump or who who's like electable to the masses or whatever and so but there's other female presidents. There's other yeah. female leaders of countries. Oh, yeah. But it, so maybe it's just like living in America that becomes like just so fucking depressing about the ultimate power of you as an individual woman. How much power do I actually have? None. 
Well, that's the very depressing. Yes. Dark well, I, I, I would. I, I just, I just know so many powerful women who are in. I, I, the company that I work for is run by a woman. I, I, I live in Olympia, Washington, where a lot of our community organizations are sure, run by. Sure, I mean, like, so of I've, course. Yeah, so there, I feel like there is. We're. I totally get the cynicism and the feeling because you have to deal with this. Like you're. You're in the trenches. You have to deal with this. This is like to me, it's academic, and it's more like I'm cheering it on. Like, yes, let's get there. Go, go, go. Right, like hashtag. <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't need to put a hashtag. I'm really just saying. But there is. That, there's yeah. so much of this that's sort of like attached to like badass women or something that just feels so patronizing. And I wonder if there's any shred of uh, integrity to the idea of like, oh, women are power. There are women CEOs. There are whatever. But when we have like. The, just where women can't get elected and and there's still these sorts of, like, experience enough that a woman ultimately has to, like, become the CEO of her own company in order to have some kind of power over her own sort of whatever. I mean, yeah. I, I know that's not true. I know there are, are examples of that. But how it feels uh, – but you're talking about how it feels for for you in this – situation and i get it how it feels but also like how it actually is right well yeah because you're because you're dealing with it on a day-to-day basis and it's your it's it's actually your experience and i guess all i can you know from for when we say can or can we or how can we the idea of you being of you being in a position where you're behind that table and you're the one interviewing the people and you're in the room and i get how it could seem patronizing but i also I believe in gender ba- in being gender balanced and whenever possible. Like so, like if I, if I, I'm gonna. I did a song, a show recently where I covered eight songs. I was like, okay, well, I have to do four songs by male songwriters and four songs by female songwriters. And they're all great. It's not like I'm saying, okay, well, I'm gonna do four good songs and four not as good songs. But if I'm gonna have to, if I'm gonna do eight songs, if I have a choice, I'm gonna make that choice just because that's. You know, because of the training that I've got from women who have taken me to task when that or I've seen them taking other people to task when that hasn't been the case. And it may be patronizing and I'm sorry if it is. And at the same time, I also would say just keep for whoever's making those hiring decisions, keep making those decisions to get more people who are not represented into those rooms. Mm -hmm. And and at the same time, I wouldn't I, I don't fault you for having for being pissed off at the way things are because the way things are has sucked and does suck and i do think we're going to have a woman president maybe i don't like when i look at all everyone who has everyone who is has any heat in the democratic party is either 10 years away from being dead or they're a woman (laughs) it's you know the alexandria ocasio-cortez is burning things up oh, and sure, like yeah. there are there are, i guess there are just so many well I, let's go back to this idea because we we've gotten into a lot of stuff but we're talking about the male gaze and beauty aoc is a superstar in part because and because of inner and outer beauty because she she is you know just like because the what we are again compelling public figures are going to be attractive because of what they do and what they say and who they are. And I think of maybe she would be an example to me of someone whose beauty transcends the male gaze. What? And do you think, you don't think so? <laughs> no, I don't. 
I don't. I would say, I mean, I, she's a beautiful woman. But I, is she a beautiful woman because she's a beautiful woman or is she a beautiful woman because she's a cultural hero saying and doing and like what is most beautiful to me about her is watching her pick fights with Republicans and oh, talk sure, the truth. Yeah. Right. That is if she was just her, I don't know if I would necessarily be like. I wouldn't have these strong feelings that I have about this new cultural figure who I get ex- every time I see her pop up on my feed somewhere. I'm like, what is she saying? I want to know. Um, I mean, it's it's difficult to comment on that. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's I think she's objectively beautiful. Um, and and what she's doing is beautiful. like all of that is beautiful. I I mean, I I, I don't I, it's. It's not that she wouldn't be where she was if she didn't have her beauty, but I do think that her beauty affects how seriously she's taken by men, and I think that um, I think that she I think that it takes a very uh, I don't know very objective man to to not recognize that or to um, to, uh, to I guess to ad- ad- maybe admit that 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 she's an attractive physically attractive person. So is there someone else? I don't know. This is going long, but it is such God, a, And also, I feel like I'm getting into, like, what, uh, who's that, um, the guy that, the Canadian Jordan, um, what's his name? Uh, you're, who are you? Who is he? He's a professor in... Oh, Jordan Peterson. Jordan yeah. Peterson, yeah. And I remember his sort of, like, he talks about, like, women wearing lipstick is, like, a way to gain some kind of power or, or or be sexual or something. I can't remember it because I fucking dismiss everything he says and don't remember <laughs> it. But, um, but, but then like that, I feel like I'm back in, I'm kind of back in that seat of like, Oh, what is a, what is a beautiful woman? And I'm doing it myself of like being able to say whether AOC is beautiful or not. And I, I think she is. I mean, I think, I think if someone put up a picture of her without knowing anything about her, most people would say she's a beautiful woman, you know? Right? I well, mean, this I is... mean, yes. I, I guess, and at the same, I guess, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it, it depends what, you, what you're what you into, I guess. But you could say, yes, this is a, is is objectively an attractive person, right? Uh, so is there an example of someone who you feel like that, like a cultural figure who you feel like that's working against. See, now I'm now I'm in a position of having to call out someone yeah, who is not, attractive. not beautiful. I don't want to do okay, that. So, okay, then let's do it like this. Who is someone who you think is an example of beauty detangled from the male gaze? No one. No one. I don't know that there... I mean, it, I, well, I guess that's not the the right question it's uh, it's not the right answer or the right question i don't know that it's possible to detangle what our perception is of beauty and that's what i'm confused by is that do i even like what is a beautiful woman if i'm not putting those markers of like whatever beauty is you know and 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 of course there are so like it's it's not even a visual kind of thing. It's like, it's, it's as if it's this kind of like 
just like thing inside of us of this judgment that we make about whether something is attractive or beautiful. And I, what I guess I can't understand is like, am I seeing that as beautiful because I'm judging it as to whether it would be accepted by a man or do I find that attractive to me? And what do I find attractive? Because everything has sort of been like, I think kind of intertwined with like, what's going to make me appealing to someone else, whether it's a man or a woman, and do I want to be appealing to a woman? Like, I feel like this gets into some kind of weird, like, sociological kind of uh, survival kind of things. Anyway, that's my question. And I think it's a fucking can of worms. And it is. I'm sorry to bring it so heavy. You no, know? no, this is, you do not have to, this is exactly where I want this show to be able to go. This is, these are the kind of questions, the unanswerable, the difficult questions that have, that, come from our own personal experience and that are not, they're not the questions that people generally welcome and are like, yay, thank you for bringing this up. We're, this is what we wanted to talk about. This is exactly what I want to talk about, which is probably why the show doesn't have as many listeners as I'd like. But, but eventually, this now, show... Now he tells me. This show lives on the internet. <laughs> it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. And, uh, you know, who knows how things will be by June. We could Everything could change. We could have, well... Who knows? But my, my point is that I, I, I love this question. Uh, I mean, I don't love what it's, I mean, that we have to deal with it, but I love that we are dealing with it and that, that, that we're having this conversation. And it will live forever on the internet. And we can look back on this in five I years. Hijack, I or, feel like I hijacked your show. No, this no. is, no, 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 no. You are 100% welcome. To, you're the, the guest is the star of the segment. Vikram is the Vikram and Ross and John are the stars of the show. I mean, but you are the star of the segment. This is all about you. Yeah, I mean, question. I know you, and I have had the pleasure of discussing these topics with you before. And uh, knowing that you could talk about it in this way is one of the reasons that I wanted you to be here. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so, I'm glad. <laughs> okay, yeah. Seems like a lot of time put toward this when you know you've got some great songs. Oh. It was a great song. We didn't really talk about those. I love your wordplay. Oh, thank you very I much. I absolutely love the buffering and suffering and... And huff and puffering. Huff and puffering, yes. <laughs> that's a little bit of a stretch, I'll admit. Did you see? Did we, we made eye, we made a little like, like that's good. We, just, we both looked at each other like, that was good. Was nice. yeah, I didn't want to laugh. <laughs> I, think that might, I think that might be the most depressing lyric I've ever written. If your life is like a clip, always buffering. <laughs> just the sadness of looking at that little graphic like circle around your screen. Yeah. Mm. It's going to haunt me. Yes. Well, uh, well... I, now, listeners, if, they, if you hang out till the end of this podcast, you're going to get to hear a Diane song at the end here. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that myself. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And maybe sometime we can have you back as the musical guest. Sweet. We can just talk about sexism and the male I gaze for four hi- hours. I definitely hijack yeah. the conversation. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Show.
so much as it heals There's a love and an idea An idea I had Those are the shadows I keep walking through Over the mystics I've stopped looking to Grateful for nothing and nothing will is gone There's a love and a delay A delay in the end Listening for voices when only you heard Trusting their certain 